Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited to be doing another interview today. So let's go ahead and just get started. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, slash what council you're involved with, and um, how are you involved with Girl Scouts? Thank you. Um, my name is Amy Brown, and I am a troop leader in the uh, Girl Scouts South Carolina Mountain Midlands Council. And um, right now, I lead two levels. It's one troop, but I lead uh, first-year seniors and um, second-year uh, juniors. And I also serve on my uh, service unit team as communications and catch-all. And then it's kind of a running joke that I'm my service unit manager's um, secretary. And then I'm also, um, it's been going on for five years now, but I'm also, I run a, a blog called Girl Scout with a Cause. So I kind of run the gamut on all sorts of things. Awesome. And let's start with your troop. So you mentioned two grade levels, seniors and juniors. Um, how large is your troop? Um, it's actually kind of small. Um, I have five seniors and then uh, we lost. We lost, unfortunately we lost the we lost a, a number of juniors, and so right now we've got three. One maybe starting. One more maybe starting tonight. So I've got four. Um, and you know it's it's funny because sometimes I I stress about the numbers. I'm like, oh no, I have a I have such a small troop. But I've always found that the numbers work out for whatever is going on that year. And with this year, with it being um, second year juniors, um, they decided they they do want to earn their bronze and so three or four is a I mean that's just a great number um to work on bronze the, the first time around like with the, the first group I had go through we had we had five and that was also a perfect number so that's how big my troop is it's on the small side but honestly I've I'm I work better with small groups so I'm fine with it right now and I'm I'm not no stress do your juniors and seniors meet like same time, same day? No, we don't. Um, honestly, I kind of run them as two different troops. Um, both of them meet on different days and different times. Um, it just, it, it, part of it is just the, there's just such a difference between the two ages. And some people can do it. They can um, run both, you know, multiple levels at the same time. I just personally have found that that's, that's really hard for me to do, and it's easier for me just to have them separate, and then that way we can concentrate on the programming for that level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have a multi-level troop. We're now DBJC, and we meet same time, same night, and it is a lot to juggle. I love it. It's chaos. Yeah. It's, you know, it's affectionate chaos, but, um, but it's chaos for sure. So did I Right, hear and it, I mean, it works. Yeah, and it works for some people, but um, it, it just it, that's the good thing about Girl Scouts is it's flexible. So one thing that may work for one troop, you know, may not work for the next. And that's okay because it, it's just it's about the leader and, and work, what works for them and, and what works for the girls. And did I hear you um, say that you have five seniors and you had in the past five girls who went through bronze together as juniors? Are they the same five? 
No, in fact, um, I'm thinking right now, actually, actually only one um, was from that junior level, and, that, and that's actually my daughter. Uh, and so the ones that the seniors we have right now, we merged with uh, some other cadets, uh, first year cadets, and then um, I think we picked up, actually, we picked up two from different troops that had um, either disbanded or they moved or something like that. Gotcha. That makes sense. I was going to say 100% retention from juniors to seniors is insane. And tell me. All yeah, your no, <laughs> no. How different is it working with seniors as opposed to working with juniors? Um, it's very, very, very different. Um, since this is, uh, you know, high school, uh, I, I hope that, I mean, they're in a different stage of their life. So we're having to really kind of accommodate their schedules because all five girls are very, very busy. Um, a couple of them are in marching band, um, some are in sports. And so, you know, and it's different from when I was growing up because like, for example, I was in band, but you would, you would go to like, you know, maybe one or two competitions during the season and now they go to five. And so it's almost like any other activity they do is just, it's all in and it's just extremely time consuming. So we've had to kind of arrange around that. Um, and we meet on Sundays. Um, it kind of evens out to every other, but it just really depends on their schedule and, and that sort of thing. We're, we've just got to be flexible now that they're in high school. Um, and the juniors, you know, they're, they're still in that, we've got a set schedule, you know, every, every two weeks and we're, we're badge and journey oriented, whereas the seniors are not. Um, and, um, just the, well, I would say the maturity level, but my, my juniors are kind of off the chain. So, <laughs> which is okay. Cause I am too, but, um, it, it, they're just, you know, they're in very different places. And, and so that's, that's another reason for me to, to kind of run them separately. Yeah, you said you have fifth grade juniors, right? Yes. Yeah, I have fifth grade juniors too. And and no matter what grade they've been in, that class is psycho. I have no idea like what was in the water or whatever the year these kids were born, but they are nuts. Yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, last year, man, last year we had eight juniors and um, we had had three move away and then one dropped out. That's why our numbers, oh, and then one went to sports. She, She was taking like she was like involved in three sports but anyway um yeah the eight of them wow they that was a very I'm just gonna leave it as it was very challenging I'm just gonna leave it at that I've shared this story on this podcast before but just a quick summary is um we were having a really hard time probably about a year ago at this point in my troop with um one of my co-leaders feeling just really overwhelmed and both of us just feeling really defeated and we had left a meeting feeling like we don't mm-hmm. even know what the kids got out of it like like what yeah are we doing this and um and I believe in this program so much but if they're not doing the program then I do I even believe in what we're doing and and I had gone home and my significant other was basically like I was, I was talking to him and I said I would never quit in the middle of the year but I don't know if I'll keep going after this year like we're both just really defeated by this and he said okay I know you're frustrated and I'm not trying like I respect that I'm not trying to you know 
talk you out of your frustration, but I am going to say, I know you're not going to quit. And I was like, no, I mean, I really am thinking about it and, and I'm not making a decision right now, but I'm, I'm really thinking, I don't know, like maybe, you know, imagine what I could do with all the free time. And he said, um, yeah. he said, you know, you don't do this so that the girls can earn badges. You do this to give them a safe space to be girls. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's somebody who's been listening to me. And then he said, girls who are, um, safe and happy and well-bonded and those girls laugh and they do cartwheels and they can't stop talking and girls who feel unsafe or insecure or intimidated or overwhelmed or sad those girls are quiet they're calm and they follow instructions so if your girls are so happy that they feel like they need to do a cartwheel across the room and they can't stop giggling, then that's a sign that you've done what you set out to do and you've created a space that's in this world where things are so hard for girls who are growing up. Like you've created a space where they are so safe and secure and happy that they need to do cartwheels across the room. And I just was like, I mean, I still haven't stopped thinking about it ever since you said that. I'm just like, that was the reminder I needed. I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's a that's a great point, and it, and it kind of leads in, well, I mean, one thing I, I didn't say when I was um, introducing myself is that, I mean, I was I was in the Girl Scout program. I started as, well, brownies at the time were three years, and they didn't have daisies, but I started as a third-year brownie, and I went all the way and earned gold. Um, we went through the end of 10th grade, and, and all of, there were four of us in our trip and, and all of us earned golds. And then we, we just kind of stopped at that point. And, and I was telling somebody about, you know, cause they were like, well, how many, how many badges should you earn or, you know, whatnot. And I said, you know, I'm kind of, I don't, slack isn't the right word really, but I, if it takes us a couple of meetings to earn a badge, that's great. Like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not keeping count or anything, you know, I want to, I want to move along and every, I mean, I don't want to, you know, take forever to earn it, but, and the reason why is because, I mean, I think back to my Girl Scout memories and I don't, you know, I can't say, gosh, I remember earning this badge and, you know, it was, it just made such a difference in my life. It, it was the experiences and the trips we went on and just the camaraderie we had. So, so that's why, I mean, our programming revolves around the badges and, you know, somewhat journeys, but, um, I mean, I'm really much more into the experience of it and, um, just what they learn and, uh, the things that they, if they do things that they haven't done before and they kind of stretch themselves. So I, I mean, I think that's, that's a really good point that you bring up. You couldn't see me because this is a podcast, but I was nodding emphatically when you were saying about your <laughs> memories aren't about badges. It's so, so true. Okay, so I have to mm -hmm. ask, so you said you earned gold, right? Yes. And do you, what do you remember about your gold award? And obviously, I know the award and the program have changed, but, but what do you remember about your gold award experience? Um, well, like you said, it is very different. Um, I mean, now it seems like the the projects are on a a much a much larger scale, but on the other hand, we and kind of somewhat recently, somebody asked me like what we did is uh, to earn gold, and um, we had to go through much more involved things. Like one of them, one of the steps, it was like uh, 
our dreams to reality. Like it was very, very career oriented. It seemed like, um, this was in the late eighties. I'm dating myself. Um, but like one of the, one of the things that you had to do, there were two choices. And so I had, I did an internship, (laughs) which is, I mean, girls, they don't have time to do like an internship, but yeah, I worked at the, um, I worked at the hospital for uh, uh, two weeks, not not as a candy striper, but more like an office assistant. So, I mean, there was much more involved. But what I remember from the project itself, um, I don't, I don't know that. To me, what I remember is is trying to come up with something. And um, my project, and again, this is going to date me, but in the '80s, that's when the the big thing about latchkey kids was coming around where you know both parents were starting to work and so kids would come home from school and they'd be alone until you know one parent got home and so what I did is I set up a, a safety program for latchkey kids and um, I put on a presentation and um, also like created a pamphlet um, kind of sharing safety tips and all that sort of thing so I don't I don't necessarily remember, it's funny, I don't really remember the presentations I gave pretty much like at all, but I remember more the process of going through it and figuring out what I needed to do and and the steps that I had to take to earn it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, You also mentioned your memories from when you were a Girl Scout a little bit. Do you have a favorite memory that you want to share? Yes. And, um, well, one thing, let me, let me back up before, before I tell it, um, my troop, we, we were extremely active and, um, I mean, we took like these major trips every single year and my two favorite trips are, were to, um, National Center West, which, um, some people, some of y'all may not be familiar with, but it was, uh, some, it was like a camp out in, uh, Wyoming, Ten Sleep, Wyoming that, GSUSA owned, not a council, but GSUSA owned it. And um, that was an amazing experience. It was a three-week cross-country trip that we took. And then um, we also went to Arcabana one year. So those are my favorite trips. But I think think my favorite favorite memory, and I'm going to try to get through this without laughing too much. And this, this may be one of those things where maybe you had to be there. I don't know. Because when I tell it, either people are laughing or they're looking at me like I am insane. But um, thinking back, um, I guess this was the spring, maybe uh, sixth or seventh grade. And um, our service unit, and it may have been council-wide, I, I really can't remember. But um, we had our we called it the end gathering, but it's basically like an encampment or a camp reap. It goes by different names and it was in the spring. And so we were there, you know, our troop was there and troops and you don't, this really doesn't go on anymore, at least that I've seen, but each troop was always responsible for putting a skid on. So the Friday night and, oh, and everybody did it usually Saturday night, you know, the campfire or the program or whatever. And so Friday night, all the troops came up with their skit. Well, all the troops, they did the same skit. Like, and then you'd have some troops that did, like they both do the same skit. And, and 
it was the same ones, you know, every single camp you go to, it's the same old thing. So we said, we're going to come up with our own. We're going to make it up. And that previous summer, all of us had worked at a um, summer day camp that our service unit had put on. And my, my friend Barbara and I, we, we had a very, I guess, <laughs> weird <laughs> humor. I'm not sure how to describe it. But anyway, um, so we, we goofed off a lot and just were extremely silly. And so I, I don't remember whose idea it was, but we, we had like leftover food from lunch or something. And so during the summer camp, we came up with this inside joke and it was called Alien Biscuits. And it was a mayonnaise and potato chip sandwich. And we called it Alien Biscuits because we said nobody on earth would eat that. And you can't call it a sandwich. Like if an alien was eating it, they wouldn't call it a sandwich. They call it a biscuit. I, you know, sixth grade humor. But anyway, so we had this running joke. So back to the skit. So we all said, let's make a commercial for Alien Biscuits. And we're like, Yeah. So we really got into it, and my troop leader uh, was a teacher, so she had this like big pad of paper in in the in the trunk of her car. So we took it, and we like drew all this stuff on it as part of the commercial. And um, I mean, we practiced it, and we were like, "This is going to be awesome!" And people are just going to be blown away. This is just crazy. And we even came up with a jingle. So. We were so pumped. We're like, people are going to be standing up cheering and clapping. And I mean, we were so excited about it. So Saturday night came and um, we happened to be the first ones picked because Barbara and I were horsing around and and the staff member at the top was like, okay, the two girls that are horsing around, you come up here. So we said, okay. And we were like, come on. And I like, as we were walking up, I turned to everybody and I was like, this is going to blow you away. <laughs> so we get up on stage and um, we've got the pad of paper. And so we, we start this commercial for Alien Biscuits. And um, <laughs> this is the weird part. So we, you know, we hold it up and I, I'm a cartoonist. So I had drawn like an alien in the spaceship and we're like, believe the alien came down from <laughs> Mars or the planet, whatever, and brought he his favorite food wasn't there, so he 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 made it and introduced it to, to people of Earth. This is like crazy. So um, and and then so we then sang the jingle, which I still remember to this day. And since it's a podcast, you can't see the hand motions, but there are. There emotions that go with this and so I, I I hope I can I hope I can um do it without laughing too hard and you can actually hear what I'm saying but I start the jingle and then all there were three of us and we all had speaking parts but I'm just going to speak it all the way through and so the 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 jingle <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this but it went um alien biscuits crunch on go home and tell your mom about alien biscuits and if she asks what in the world I mean, universe, they are. Tell her they are mayonnaise and potato chip sandwiches. And then really quick at that point, we had it, we had put in a pause waiting for everyone to go, ooh. Well, we paused and nobody said anything. So we were like, okay. So we went on and started the jingle, which was, which is 
Alien biscuits, crunch, crunch. Alien biscuits, yum, yum. Alien biscuits, alien biscuits, alien biscuits, crunch, yum. And then we paused and we were waiting for everyone to start cheering and clapping. And we looked at the audience and it was dead silent. And everybody was looking at us like, what was that? And I mean, you could, you know how you hear like the crickets chirping, like you could literally hear the crickets chirping because we were outside. And um, so, so we're just standing there like, um, and then we look over to our left and the staff member that had introduced us. So she's standing off to the side, like, what was that? That like, what? And then we look over to our right where our troop player was and she, she's like shaking her head and she's like, I'm, y'all are so creative. That was so good. And then we look back at the audience and, you know, at, at all the other troops and they, they're still like, what? You seem like looking at each other, like, what? was that and so we walk off and we're so embarrassed and um I'll never forget this but the staff member came back on and she said okay well who wants to go on after that and I turned around and I gave her a sh I shot her a dirty look um but that we we were so embarrassed and even the next day we had we did swaps like with all the other troops and people would would come up to us and they're like hey, y'all are that um, troop alien sandwich. Y'all, you did that skit. And we were like, yeah. And then they would say, that was really weird. And so so to this day, Barbara, you know, I still keep up with the girls from the troop. And so that that is like our favorite memory. And we still laugh about alien biscuits. So um, anyway, that that's my favorite, my favorite memory. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, I love how much detail you remember about the entire skit <laughs> and the experience of creating it. Second of all, I love that your favorite memory is something that you also described as being super embarrassing. And I think, I don't know, it just makes me really glad that you're working with girls, especially, you know, junior to senior, like, you're working with girls at that same kind of age, that same, like, painful time where how crushing it can be for some girls when they put a bunch of effort and creativity and they're energized and pumped up and they have maybe a group pumping them up or an adult pumping them up. And then like the larger crowd just, it just falls flat. <laughs> I mean, just, like you didn't hear one word and you know, I'm thinking back, I mean, we were in middle school. So, you know, like you said, that is, a, that is an awkward time. Yeah. And um, I mean, we were so embarrassed. And, okay, and, and just like deflated because we were like, what happened? And part of it, you know, I didn't see it, but um, hearing your description also, I feel like that is not, that is far from the most painful skit I've ever sat through. Like that sounds <laughs> funny to me. I don't know. Maybe I would have been the one kid that would have been in uh, your circle that was laughing and, and like participating. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I've sat but, I mean, pretty intensely awkward and kind of horrible skits. I'm sure anybody listening to this who's been to one of those campfire ceremonies can agree. I don't. That's hardly the the worst one I've seen. <laughs> yes. Well, and then the the hand the hand gestures and the hand motions they they really they really add to it. So you know, usually when I tell people, I'm like, I, I have to tell you this in person so that you can actually see 
see me do the hand, the hand motions that go with this. I just like that you still remember the hand motions. Also, I would not be mad oh, if yeah. you uh, recorded a video of the hand motions and I could use that to promote this episode. N- no, some people may have tuned <laughs> out like when they were listening to this, like what? what in the world but yeah I mean I don't know at what point we we thought it was funny but I mean it wasn't too long after that and and it just it really turned into a funny moment and and all of us still I mean we to this day we still still laugh about it okay so flash forward um what made you get involved as a volunteer and why do you continue to come back um well I started in I started as a volunteer in in 2010 and um, the reason the reason I started as a volunteer is because um, Girl Scouts, when I, growing up, Girl Scouts just did, I, it did so much for me. I, I can't even, I mean, I, I owe such a debt to it. And I just want to repay that forward. And um, like I said, it's been my 10th my year and I have the gray hairs to prove it. Um, but like you said, I'm, I'm a huge believer in the programming, in the program and organization. And, and I have you know, I have the experience to, to, I lived it. So like I said, I can't imagine what I would have been like without it. And, and I just, you know, I want to give that back to other girls to pass that on. And then, you know, I want to help the organization continue as well. Yeah. And what made you, in addition, um, start a blog? Well, it actually is, kind of for some of the same reasons where I, you know, I would tell people my stories being, being in the troop and, um, growing up and some people said, uh, well, you, you know, you're a good storyteller. You should, you should write these down. And, um, so I thought, well, you know, why don't, why don't I make a blog about it? And so I started about five years ago and, um, I had no idea where it would go. I just knew I'm going to write memories and, um, kind of my, my current experiences as a leader and then, you know, kind of stick in my opinions. And, um, it's, it's definitely grown in a way I, I hadn't expected, but at the same time, I really didn't have any expectations for it. So it was really just kind of more of a, a personal, a personal outlet, if you will. And now one of the things that you write a little bit about is, um, I guess, I guess you could say kind of current events that are going on in the Girl Scout mm-hmm. world. And that's actually how we yeah. found each other because I, I don't know about anybody else listening to this, but I was seeing some crazy things going around recently about a court case between a council and GSUSA. And I thought, well, I've been hearing a lot about court cases between Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, but not like internally within GSUSA. So I wanted to learn more about it. And that's how I stumbled upon some stuff that you had written, actually quite a bit that you'd written. Do you want to give a little overview? Yeah. Yes. Well, well, basically, I, I kind of, it, this, this topic has grown in a way that I, I never would imagine. Um, I, mean, I call it the falling down the rabbit hole because it is, it's, it's crazy. But um, basically, what, it, what, is, what the, the case is about, um, the farthest north council, which is up in the Fairbanks area of Alaska, um, they filed a lawsuit against GSUSA uh, back in 2017, I believe, early 2017. And what they claimed is that GSUSA did not have the authority to raise membership dues when they did in 
let's see, I think it's, it was 2012 and then in 2016. Um, in 2012, they raised them from 12 to 15, and then in 2016, they raised them from 15 to 25. So they, you know, Farthest North came forward and said, hey, y'all don't have the authority to do this. And um, from what I understand, you know, they went back and forth for a little bit. And, and then finally, you know, Farthest North, they, you know, they jumped into the deep water. Well, that's not the right analogy, but, but basically they, they said, all right, we're going to file a lawsuit because this is, this is obviously the only way that this, you know, that this is going to be settled. So um, they did, and the it was heard in May of 2018 from the Superior Court of Alaska, and it was one judge, and she actually ruled in favor of GSUSA, which you know I personally was surprised just based on kind of the research I had done on this on this uh, subject, but you know I'm not I'm not an attorney and all this everything, but um, then farthest north said hey you know, you know this this is not right we're going we're going to appeal this so they did and then at that point the case was kicked up to the Alaskan Supreme Court and they heard that uh someone recently and um they ruled in favor of farthest north and and they actually did i mean i read well my blog post is about that i i read through the ruling and it was pretty emphatically clear that um I mean, just across the board, the the judges, Supreme Court judges, judges were like hands down. This is this is farthest north. Well, this is the count. I'm sorry, the National Council. Let me back up a second in case people don't know. When I'm talking about who has the authority to raise membership dues, um, every three years there uh, there's a National Council session, and basically the players in it are the National Board, who kind of are represent GSUSA and will, if you will, and then there's the National Council, and that is made up of National Council delegates and others. And um, in the blue book of basic documents, which is the collection of governance documents for our organization, the National Council has the authority to raise membership dues. They're the ones that control that. They've always done it, and I'm not going to go into why the National Board thought it had it and all that sort of thing. But anyway, um, the try not to get lost because this can get confusing. Um, but basically, the judges ruled, yes, it's the National Council that has the authority to raise membership dues, not the National Board slash GSUSA. And they were pretty clear about that. Now, I wrote this thinking, okay, well, we're, we're done now because I Title my blog post the final battle. Well, I learned somewhat recently that GSUSA has actually um, put a motion to reconsider, which means they want the judges to reconsider the case. And uh, you know, I read through GSUSA's reconsider, and it. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, bi- I'm biased because I think National Council has the authority, but um, basically, they they feel like they're presenting new information that they think the the judges should look at take a look at those cases the second time so um that's where that stands so i guess technically it's still not settled um i'll, I'll be surprised if the court you know hears it a second time but again i'm not i'm not an attorney so that's where that stands i hope that was not too confusing 
Yeah, I don't know, because I obviously read your blog before um, we had this conversation. So I feel like I kind of had the background, a little bit of background, because you actually, I guess if, if anyone wants to read more about it, they can um, read what you've written, because you spent a lot of time in yeah. research on the whole situation. And I just find it interesting. I think, um, you know, when I saw some press sort of in more mainstream media that there was a council that was basically suing GSUSA, essentially, Mm -hmm. to me as a member of the organization, it made me nervous because I thought, especially in light of GSUSA versus BSA, I don't necessarily like want there to be press that makes GSUSA look unstable or villainous or anything like that of like, you know, if you Google Boy Scouts or BSA, if you have any kind of news alert set up, the headlines that are coming through about the organization are not good right now because there's a lot of stuff about um, the bankruptcy situations and the sexual abuse allegations and and it's just rampant. And of course, with, as we've seen in, in a ton of industries, when sexual rampant sexual abuse cases um, start to come up more and more people come out all across the country with their own stories of what they've been through and um, experienced and so right now if you have news alerts about BSA it's not good and if you have news alerts about Girl Scouts it is good and so I it makes me nervous whenever I start to see stuff um, coming across that's like oh basically internally the organization is uh, suing itself or like um, councils are disagreeing or GSUSA has got some kind of, I guess, drama for lack of a better word. And I don't want to compare sexual abuse to drama, obviously, but just to say that I would just want GSUSA to be happy and positive and safe space. And so when I start to see, and that's what had me go read more about it is because I thought, well, what's going on that a council would be going after GSUSA? Like what, you know, what's the story there? And so for me, that's where the interest kind of came from. Obviously, it doesn't involve my council that I'm a part of. And from what I understand, regardless of who wins this battle, it doesn't affect my or my girls membership dues or anything. Right. Yeah. From that standpoint, it's kind of like, why should I care? But in case anybody who's listening was wondering, that's why I personally cared is because I was like, what's going on with the organization as a whole and, and what's going on internally? And what does this mean? moving forward um well you know to to kind of to kind of respond to what you were saying i i don't know that it will necessarily i don't know that it'll necessarily like you know taint what like the average person will think about girl scouts in general because i mean this is very business oriented um and it is certainly not nothing new for a council to file a lawsuit against gsusa um, there were a handful of ones that did it back during the merger, and I I love history and looking um, back through things. But even there was a big merger that went on around 1963, kind of in the early 60s, and it was it was called the Green Umbrella. And there were a couple of councils then that sued GSUSA to to keep from being merged. So I mean, this is this is nothing new, and I think that. Um, I don't know that anybody, like the general public reading it would, I don't know that that would kind of give them a bad, you know, thing, thing about Girl Scouts in general, because it's kind of more on the business and the governance end of it. So that's just my take on it. Um, personally, 
And, um, and you're right about uh, the, the, the dues in themselves that the, you know, the $25 that that's the rest of the, um, the rest of the councils will have to pay that. So, so this, this uh, amount, which would be kicked back to 12, that, that only would affect the um, state of Alaska. However, I would say it does affect everybody because most likely something's going to come out of this that will be heard at the 2020 national council session. And, and there may be some people that have applied or going to apply to be a national delegate next year. It's going to be in Orlando. And I would say this whole thing is extremely important for them to do their research on um, just because there, I mean, there's going to be something that comes up about it. And, and most likely it will be a, um, Hey, let's establish the authority you know, let, let's, let's do it the right way. Um, not, not saying that a lawsuit wasn't because from a business standpoint that it, it kind of was, but, um, just from like a governance standpoint, the right way, which they, this is what the national board should have done in the first place, but, you know, bring it to the national council and everybody votes on it. And then from a governance standpoint is taken care of. So, so in a way it, it, it will affect people. Um, if, especially if they are a national delegate, they, they do need to do their research on it and, um, and really educate themselves about it. I think the other thing that's interesting to note is that this should set a precedent for us moving forward about uh, dues increases and how frequently they happen and what process it needs to go through um, in order for it to continue to go up because obviously over time, I assume it will continue to go up. So I think that's also interesting is just setting the precedent for what you know, what is the process for that? Well, and, and I would also add that not only that, but I think it shows the need that people need to, to really, yeah, I mean, we're leaders and, and that, you know, and our number one, I mean, I've always said, you know, my, my number one um, priority is my troop. I mean, that's across the board that that's who comes first and then my service unit. But I think it's really important and more people really kind of need to get plugged into uh, governance on their council level and, and becoming a delegate and, and knowing what's going on. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's, but in the constitution, it does say that the, um, the responsibility for the movement, it rests with its members. So I think it, it seems like that that's kind of fallen off um, probably in the past 10 years. So, you know, I, I would, I would love to see more people become involved on in governance on their, on their council level. So I think that's hopefully one thing that will kind of, kind of spring out of this. Well, if you're interested and if people listening are interested, um, I would love to have you come back on and talk a little bit more about that, about, um, what the governance of the organization as a whole looks like, what that might look like on the council level and how people could get involved and why it's important. And just talking about um, that, all of that, I think that that would be really beneficial. I'd love to learn more. And I I think that, yeah, I think that people who are interested in that kind of thing might love to learn more too. We took some of my um, older girls to annual meeting in my council for the first time in April and, um, they ask such good questions about the way that our council is structured business-wise, how council business takes place, what the board is and what they do and how the money is managed on the council level. And I thought this is such a good thing for them to start to learn and understand. 
And so I think, you know, so many volunteers aren't even plugged into that. But for now, let's get back to the fun stuff while we still have a few minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, sorry, sorry about that. We kind no, of went off on tangent. No, and I'm totally, I am uh, really interested in that kind of stuff. I have um, a bachelor's degree in political science and a, a master's degree in public administration. So governance of things, this oh. of things is absolutely my cup of tea. So we're probably like, you know, the businessy people that could get carried away. But let's switch to what yes. is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? Um, well, it kind of, um, it, I am a, I'm a mother. I've got um, two daughters and they're, they're in those, those levels. So from, I have to say, it's kind of, I have a foot in, in both worlds, but so one foot is in as a troop leader, and then the other foot, when I say this, is, is from a mother. But I think from like a personal standpoint would be um, my my daughter. My daughter just completed her, her silver, and um, when she was in preschool and kindergarten and even first through all through elementary school, she was extremely quiet. Not at home necessarily, but just in public, she just very withdrawn, very quiet. She liked to be around people, but, you know, she never, you would just never see her, you know, at the forefront. And when she first started working on her silver, um, she worked with our church and some of the homeless uh, groups to put in a, a gaga ball pit in the, at our, at our church for the community to use. And so when she first started with that, she got up at all of all three services at our church and explained uh, what the solar award was and what her project was going to be and how she was going to work with the church. And I was blown away because, you know, she was nervous, but I, I never would have imagined that she would have done that. I mean, back when, you know, K4, K5, when, when we had to work with her on, on some things, I mean, I, I was totally blown away by that. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with Girl Scouts. I love that. I think it's so easy for us as adults to, and especially parents, to kind of jump in for our kids. And Girl Scouts is mm -hmm. such a good exercise for us as adults to, like, let them do it. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So Girl Scouts isn't just to help girls grow. It's for adults to grow, too. What is one way you've been impacted or changed through the experience of volunteering for Girl Scouts as an adult? Um, well, I would say, um, I'm trying to think like as a, as a troop leader, um, I think as a, well, I, I would say kind of across the board, I am less, I don't know how, this is not going to come out right, but I, make decisions faster, I guess. That's, that's not really, that's probably not the best way to say it, but I'm, I guess I, I don't hesitate to now say, okay, this is what I think, and, and we're just going to do it. I mean, kind of make an executive decision, and, and that sounds bad, but I think what I was, the way I would go about things beforehand is I didn't really trust myself and so by through being a leader, um, you, you have to, so you've got to make decisions. Uh, and, and I think I learned to, to trust myself more. 
um, they may not be the right decision, but, you know, I do say, hey, all right, let's go with this. And, and here's why. And of course, you know, you get girl, girl input and everything like that. But I think when it was time like to pull the trigger after hearing the girls, you know, talking to the other troop leaders and the, and the parents, I, I was much less right now. I'm, I'm much less um, insecure about things. And then also, I think, too, not we're not going to get back on the tangent, but being involved on the governance level from my, my from a council level has has really helped me um, kind of speak out and, and not kind of with, withdraw from issues and, and whatnot. Okay, I think that was a great answer. And I think that so much of what you described is so much of being any kind of leader in any scenario and not just a troop leader, but a troop leader definitely counts. And I think sometimes with the girl-led buzzword um, or buzz phrase, I don't know, um, so many volunteers kind of hesitate to refer to their own leadership or to talk about their own leadership skills um, because we feel right. like it's supposed to be all about the girls. And one of the reasons why I think this podcast is so important to me is because I do want to also talk about, I mean, this is building leadership for us as well. And um, not to get all uh, feministy about it, but like how many men, how many of our male peers would say that they have the same problem with how they make decisions and assert themselves compared to how many of our female peers would say that they have right. a similar um, like kind of conflict within themselves when it comes to actually like taking on a leadership role. And so I think it's, that's a really good answer to say that Girl Scouts has influenced you that way. And I'm really happy to hear that. Um, okay. Yeah. So I know we're starting to run a little on the long side and I just want to be respectful of your time. So is that, were there any other kind of stories or memories or advice or anything else that you wanted to share while I still have you? Um, I mean, really, I, I guess overall, uh, just, just growing up, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, to, and I say this to other leaders is sometimes, and believe me, I, I get really, really frustrated sometimes. Um, it, it, I always have like good year, bad year, good year, bad year. But I would just, I would just like for everybody to realize you, you may not, and I, and I tell myself this too, when I, when I get frustrated or, or despondent about things is that you you may not see what happens down the road but you may be planting a seed and you may never see it you never you may never see what happens um and i always tell people you know to to really show what girl scouts does you would you would have to have a time machine and and not just that but something to compare a girl at you know 30 years old with girl scouts and then her that same age, what she would be like without Girl Scouts. And, and you can't do that. That's not possible. So, I mean, I, I would like to, you know, stress, stress to everybody that, well, you may not see it right now, but it will have an impact. And you just, you just kind of have to have that faith. I love that. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, so the last thing I want to just ask you is how can people find your blog? Um, well, probably the, the best, the best way, well, if you want to go to it directly, it's, um, girl scout with a cause, uh, dot dog tunes, which is spelled D A W G T O O N S.com. And, or, 
an easier way would just to go to D-A-W-G-T-O-O-N-S dot com and there will be a link on that page that you can click on to get to the blog because it, it, it does kind of have a long address. Or you can just go to Google and type Girl Scouts with a cause blog and it'll come up. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking this time with me today. I really hope we have a chance to connect again, specifically about the governance piece and to learn more about that and um, how our organization is governed. But I just appreciate you coming on so much and, and taking the time with me. So thanks. Well, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Do me one favor. Just leave me a quick review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I love to know that real people are listening, and I want to know what episodes are most interesting and most helpful for you. If you're looking for show notes and past episodes and all the resources we mentioned in this episode and others, check out the blog at buildinggirlsofcourage.com. This podcast and blog are not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA or any Girl Scout Council. We're completely run and organized by volunteers and girls. To learn more about coming on the podcast as a featured interview or to nominate someone you know, reach out to me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. We all have a story to share, and I'd love to hear yours.